Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com. I'm Gina Anderson Cohen. With me, I have Kristen Guile and Maggie Umberger. Morning, Gina. Hi, Gina. Good morning. Gina, you spoke with Jessica Zweig this week. I did. Jessica Zweig was a part of our Sweat Working Week live podcast recordings. And I had the chance to speak to her in front of an audience that was incredibly enthralled and hung on every single word that she said. And even though it was in front of a live audience, Jessica was still very vulnerable at times and shared a piece of really personal history in her past. Yes. Jessica has had an incredible and interesting and very accomplished career. She started the acclaimed media company Cheeky Chicago and moved on to create Simply Be, an agency that's built around personal branding and branding for people who create and operate large-scale companies. And as she was sort of telling her story of moving on from Cheeky Chicago to Simply Be, she naturally went through almost the divorce of herself from this company and what it felt like, what it emotionally was like, and how she got through it. One of the things that I loved hearing about, especially as her team was with her and they were obviously so excited to be there and so passionate about working for her, but she shared one of the Monday morning rituals that she thought brought her team closer together while keeping everyone on the same page and showcasing everyone's value to the company. So Simply Be has this, it's, a, it's an interesting point, Kristen, because we just had our Monday morning meeting, and it's an interesting thing to hear them talk about, because normally when people talk about status meetings, your brain's immediately like, boring, yawn, snooze fest, pick your adjective. Um, but they love this Monday meeting, because it's 90 minutes of sort of GSD, get stuff done, they go through their projects, and then at the end of it, they are sort of lifting each other up and saying which value each of their team members represents. And they have this list of values that you'll hear Jessica talk through. And one of them is simply be bold. And you'll hear kind of how they use those values for each other and how they lift each other up through them. It was honestly very interesting for me to be able to watch the audience's faces as she described this. Because in the front row were five people who worked for Simply Be. And all of them were on the verge of tears as she described this activity that they do once a week. Again, a status meeting. So it is so meaningful to the culture and to the people that work with and for Jessica that they, re- that they recognize each other this way, that it was palpable in that room and on their faces. And this is Gina with Jessica. Yeah, I said I'll be on a road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset. You guys ready? Yeah. I think we are too, right? Yes, we're, we're so ready. ready. Okay, we're going to do this. I'm going to get my official podcast voice on. <laughs> you too, then. <laughs> Hello, Jessica Zweig. <laughs> Hello, Gina, with two last names. Yes, okay, good. We're ready. <laughs> I'm live with Jessica Zweig on the We Got Goals podcast. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Gina. So good to see you. (laughs) Good to see you, too. Thank you so much for being here with us and with our live audience during Sweat Working Week. Thank you for having me. So on We Got Goals, we talk about big goals we've accomplished and big goals that we're striving to accomplish. But first, we want to get to know you. So talk to us about how you spend your days and what you do for a living. 
So I run an agency called the Simply Be Agency. So we're a personal branding agency, which means we work with people as our clients versus a typical agency that works with products and businesses and brands. We work with actual human beings in developing thought leadership for our clients. So what that looks like is we help them clarify their message, build their digital platforms, launch their initiatives, help them grow audience, ideally revenue, a new opportunity to live what they love. And what do I do on a daily basis? Like every entrepreneur, it's totally different. A lot of our time is spent strategizing and building the identities of our clients because they're, they're, we're all brands, right? Hello, personal branding. It's the space that I'm in. But a lot of our, our clients, a lot of people don't know how to really articulate what they bring and their value and their, their message in a way that's clear, consistent, compelling. So we really say that that's our sauce that Simply Be is helping really define what makes you amazing and articulating that in a way that you couldn't for yourself without us. And then a lot of our clients, we, we actually manage their personal brands. So we're creating content, managing their social media channels, helping pitch them for speaking engagements, all the things. So we're full service, and uh, that's, that's the core of what my agency does. But we do a handful of other little things, which I'm sure we'll talk about, too. So live what you love. I love that phrase. Yeah. And it sounds so simple. Yeah. But I bet it's more difficult, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean, I, I run my own business and live what I love, but it all, all has its own challenges. No day is perfect. You never feel like you're there. There. Where is there? I don't even think it exists. And I, I think, you know, what people really want to do, though, is feel like they're getting paid and monetizing their genius and what they're good at, you know, what they're good at and what they love to do. And sometimes those things are not always the same. You know, ideally, most people are searching and striving for that. And today we live in a beautiful world where anyone can be a media channel and audience is currency, right? So if you grow your own audience, that's a commodity that you can leverage in a lot of different ways to live what you love. So that is really why I think personal branding is so relevant right now. I don't think I could have built this business five years ago. A lot of people are like, personal branding, that's interesting, or what's, what's that? And I get either one of those reactions. And I think now we live in a really exciting time where you can, if you're intentional with how you're showing up online, you can open up a lot of new doors for yourself. And obviously you're doing very well with it. You've got a team that's present here today yeah. and you're incredibly successful. So congrats on Thank you. All that. Thank you. So let's get to the first big question. So talk to me about a big goal that you've accomplished and how you got there. So I've had an interesting career track and I'll, I'll keep it tight, but I used to run a company called Cheeky Chicago. We were an online magazine for women in the city. We were around for seven years. If you're a millennial girl living in Chicago between 2008 and 2014, you knew what Cheeky was. And I left that business in 2014 to launch Simply Be. And I took a kind of a winding road full of detours and I ended up working for a corporate company for two years out of those, these last three years. So my goal when I quit that job to relaunch Simply Be was just to make money and pay my rent and you know work for myself. It was really truly that simple. I say that 2017 was the year that I built a plane in the air. Literally, that's how it felt. I was just in reaction to wanting to get away from another situation and sort of reestablish myself in Chicago. And I didn't really know what that was going to look like. So unlike, I think, a lot of entrepreneurs, and in, in, in 2018, we've gotten clear, and we'll talk about that, but, you know, are all about having that plan. I always advise people, have a plan. And I didn't have a plan in 2000, the very beginning of 2017. I just wanted to take on some clients and make some money. And within 11 months, I grew from a team of two to a team of five. I have a full roster of clients. We have a, our own office space in the Google building. 
and business just keeps coming. And so it's a testament to, you don't always need a plan. You should, but you don't always need a plan. You just gotta put the right people around you, hustle, work, work hard, and you know, believe you can do it. It's half the battle. So I'm interested to know what you learned from living that phase of your life when you didn't have a plan. Yeah. You know, I think it really comes down to the people you put around you. I have the most amazing team. I will say I have the best team in the city of Chicago. And I really believe that. And part of it's luck. Part of it's just being in the right place and the right time on both sides. But it's also really understanding as a founder, as an entrepreneur, what you're not good at as much as knowing what you are good at and putting people around you that can fill in the gaps, not only just to fill in the gaps because you need the gaps filled, but because they are rock stars in their own right and my job as their leader is to get out of their way and let them shine and empower them to grow careers and not just be you know, an employee of a company. And so I would say people are definitely helpful when you don't have a plan because they'll keep you accountable. When you, someone's on your payroll, like as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, like shit gets real when people work for you. You are accountable to someone's livelihood. And so that really helped me get, get clear, make better decisions faster. And also the right clients, right? So your business is defined by the clients that you say yes to as much as it is the clients that you say no to. And I took on a lot of the wrong clients right up front this last year, and I learned a lot, and I don't work with those kinds of clients anymore, right? So I think a lot of things can attribute to not having, helping you get through a year like that or a time like that without a plan. It's really about people, mentors, employees, clients. So in going from sort of one phase of your life with Cheeky Chicago into this brand new phase where you're empowering people and helping them find their voice, what sort of what sort of led to that? What sort of led to you finding your voice, which was helping others find their voice? Yeah, that's a great question. So I always say that, okay, so you guys need to know that I went to school for theater. I got a degree <laughs> as an actress, like literally. I always, I say this a lot. When I graduated college, I knew how to do two things. I knew how to wait tables and be dramatic. And I was really good at both. I still am. So I was like, no, no business like calling myself an entrepreneur, right? And so I started Cheeky Chicago when I was 26. I had been doing the acting thing for a while and I was ready to be done with it. I had this light bulb moment, I had a partner, we had this joint light bulb moment and we started Cheeky and we just totally faked it until we made it. And I always say that during that experience I built my own personal brand by accident. I was the face of a magazine that happened to have a lot of followers so a lot of people were interested in me and I, it was the dawn of social media, you guys. This was 2008, so this was before Instagram. This was right when Facebook left the universities and anyone could use Facebook and Twitter had just exploded. And so I sort of grew up on social and by virtue of that, I was starting to get Jessica's following and so I say I built my personal brand by accident and then by design. And then something really incredible happened in 2014 when I left Cheeky to launch Simply Be. People, I felt like, were coming out of the woodwork wanting to work with me. And no one knew how good I was. Like, no one knew if I sucked or if I was actually really legit. And I had this aha moment back then. Wow, there's power in building an equity in your, in your brand name and developing a story and a persona, ideally an authentic persona, but a persona nonetheless that people can latch onto and believe in. And it really opened up a lot of doors for me. It made me money, 
it gave me opportunity, it gave me exposure, I met amazing people. I mean, that was all from having a Jessica Zweig's personal brand. And so that evolution of really finding that in myself, and it does, it comes naturally to me. I grew up on social, so I'm able to teach it to other people and for sometimes hold their hand through that process. That's why they hire us. And um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about the nuts and bolts of starting yeah. Simply Be. Yeah. Um, so walking away from, from Cheeky, this thing that you had built that people love, that people still talk about. Yeah. Um, what did it take yeah. to know that it was time? And what did it take for you to make the leap and start Simply Be? It's all really good questions. You know, to be frank, I had a, I ran Cheeky for six and a half years and I was really burnt out by the end. There were a lot of things that people didn't see that happened in that business. People were like, oh, it's so glamorous and it's so fabulous and it's so fun and to be a Cheeky girl and like inside I was miserable, especially for the last year or so. I started getting really sick, actually still get like little infections from, I, I developed an autoimmune disease when I was running Cheeky, I got super sick. Ended up having to have surgery on that sickness. I had a very challenging relationship with my partner. Um, I very indirectly created a toxic environment of employee. Like there were a lot of things there that were really, really hard, right? But it was my first business and I learned so much. I love and kiss and send light to every single moment of that experience and every single person, I swear to God I do. They were the biggest teachers. And so by the end of that, I just, I was really ready to walk away. It was like a dark night of the soul kind of moment towards the end there. Because raise your hand if you're a business owner. We have entrepreneurs in the room. Okay, cool. Um, but if you've ever created anything, right, it's like, it doesn't feel like it's something that's separate from you. It's you. It's your creation. And that's how I felt about Cheeky. It wasn't this thing that I created. It was me. And I was it. And so how do you say out loud, like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it was an incredibly painful experience. So when I, when I ended up taking the leap to leave and, and do Simply Be, very similar to this sort of last year when I created Simply Be 2.0, I didn't have much of a plan either. I just knew I wanted to do my own thing and call it Simply Be and do marketing and branding consulting and get some clients and be a one-woman shop. And it was very reactive versus proactive. This year, because I had such great success in 2017, and as I said, shit got real, I put a plan in place. So 2018, we have a blueprint, like a very clear quarter by quarter, micro down goals and metrics and numbers and multiple revenue streams that we're building out and um, sales and marketing strategy. It's all there now, right? And, that's, and that makes me feel really good because I think you need, you need that. And my whole team is vetted on that. And it's just a different experience now. So the nuts and bolts weren't there, but here I am nonetheless. And, you know, now we're moving forward with a lot more in place. And it sounds like you almost led with intuition. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's so funny that you say that. So quick story. I was still running cheeky. It was towards the tail end. I had had that surgery. I tell this story often, but it's, it was a life-changing moment. I was sitting, I was recovering from the surgery, which if anyone's ever had surgery, you know how intense that experience can be. And I was sitting outside in a park and I, I had like an emotional breakdown. Like I just started crying. I was so tired. I wanted to go back to work, but I couldn't. All I had been doing was cheeky for, you know, six, five, six years. And I have this little tattoo on my wrist. I don't know if you can see it, but it says simply be. It's written in my own handwriting that I had gotten in my early 20s. And I looked down at my wrist and I heard a voice, like my intuition. 
And it was the first time in my life that I heard crystal clearly a, a voice, like another voice that came from somewhere else, but it was also within, within me, that said, you can, you can walk away. You can slow down. You can step out of this. You're okay. It's okay to take a breather. It's okay to listen to your heart. And I looked at my wrist and I was like, whatever I do next, and I didn't even know what it was, I'm going to call it Simply Be as a reminder to be authentic to wherever I am in that particular time and to, and to ideally help other people do the same, right? Because every business you do, you should be in service, right? It's not about you. It's about what can you provide people. And so that's where that really came from. And, and that was, it was all intuition ever since then. And I've never stopped listening to my intuition. Incredible. How did you hone that? Have you always sort of been intuitive? I think we're all intuitive. I think we're all intuitive. We just need to give ourselves some space and time to hear it. But that was a pivotal moment. That's when I really started meditating more. That's when I started getting into more spiritual thought leaders. That's when I, I've always been a little bit into the woo-woo, but now I'm like majorly into the woo. It's like the biggest part of my life. Ask anybody that knows me well. And so ever, and, and just to be clear, once you hear your intuition, doesn't mean that you're never gonna uh, not ignore it. Like you're, you're never gonna be perfect. Once you listen to your intuition, you're still going to make mistakes and, and be led down a path where you're like, yeah, my gut's telling me not to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway because my head and my heart and the people around me are saying this is good, right? I've had plenty of those experiences, but it comes from sharpening your intuition and getting really quiet with yourself more often than not. So you accomplish this big goal of, of doing this thing that allows you to help other people tell their own stories yeah. and build a legacy. Yeah. Let's talk about legacy. Yeah. What, what do you sort of define legacy as for your clients? Sure. And what do you want yours to be? That's a great question. Um, so we're, you know, we all want to make money, have a job, build a career, but a legacy is different. A legacy is what do you want Really, what do you want to leave when, you're, when you die? What do you want people to say about you when you're not in the room? What do you want your name to represent in perpetuity? And I think that for, for, you know, for my clients, it's really, we're kind, of, we're kind of elitist in the sense that if you don't want to leave a legacy, we don't really want to work with you. I don't really want to work with people who just want to be Instagram famous. Sorry, I don't. I want to work with people who want to leave a legacy, who want to help future generations, who want to make the world a better place. Not the whole world, because you can't. I just had this conversation yesterday with one of my clients. He was like, I want to change the world. He's in the railroad industry. He's a technologist. And he's like, I mean, I know I can't change the whole world, but my little lot of land, and there's 8 billion of us, and if we all did that, if we all made the world a better place, the world would be a better place. So that's how I'm changing the world. And I, I have chills just now thinking about him answering that question. It's like, that's, that's really what it's all about. Just change your lot. If you can make the lot of land you sit on better, then you're making a legacy. Then you're leaving a legacy. And for me, what's my legacy, honestly? I really want to create space for women to unapologetically love and accept themselves. I, that's, that's my challenge here on this planet. You know, I was reading this book called Material Girl, Mystical World by Ruby Warrington. It's a great book. And she has this whole chapter on motherhood. She's like 40. I'm 36. Jury's out if I want kids. And, she, and she's like, I'm clear I don't want kids. Whatever. You know, Oprah doesn't have kids. Diane Sawyer doesn't have kids. Like, all these, like, amazing, like, thought leader women don't have kids because they feel, she's like, I align to that feeling and to that purpose because I feel so maternal in, in creating businesses and creating impact, whatever it might be. And to be honest, I feel that way about my team. 
I feel like my legacy is to make, to give them careers and to make them like super boss, amazing women. And so if I can play a small role in that and the future of their lives and they love themselves and create more reverberation for more women, then, I've, then I'm living a legacy, to be honest. Like, yeah, I love being an entrepreneur and making money and doing personal branding, but I really love doing that. That's really what I love to do. And that you can do anywhere. anywhere. That's the thing about building a personal brand of a higher calling that has a legacy to leave. Incredible. So let's talk about the future. Yeah. You've accomplished incredible things. What does the future look like? What's a big goal that you want to accomplish in the future and how do you plan to get there? So I'm deeming the year 2018 the year of experiences. I think we're so like on our phones all day long, in email all day long, and the most impact I've experienced is when I've gotten out and traveled to a new place or met a new group of people or gone to an event like this and like learned something. That's how I've expanded, right? And so I want to create that for my business. We want to actually launch, we are launching a various series of high touch experiences. So we, we do the agency work, we'll, we support clients as a revenue stream, but this year we're launching workshops, live workshops where you can come work with me for a day or two and we do personal branding deep dive intensives. And then I'm also launching, I've launched uh, global retreats, so three different masterminds that are happening throughout the year in Bali, Costa Rica, and Italy. And these were all like visions that I had in 2017 for where I wanted the business to go. And we've set timelines and revenue goals against each and marketing plans behind each. So, I mean, behind it all, it's, you know, Facebook ads, it's, um, you know, launch marketing emails, all, influencer outreach, all of the things, right? So those are, those are big goals. I essentially want to double my revenues from 2017 to 2018. And that's, that's, the, that's like the big goal, right? And to get there, I want to open up some other streams of revenue. And, and, and of course, to be in service and to be creating experiences for people that I believe in, that I know will help people. And in turn, probably hiring a bigger team. Yeah, we don't <laughs> want to get too much bigger. We have two interns on staff with us now, and they're like rock stars. And I have a core team of women. There's another woman that works for me. She's not here. She's in Nashville. But... We'll probably hire a couple more people and then freelance out as we need. And yeah, I don't, I don't really want to build this huge team, like 20, 30, 40, 100 people. That's not my style. I want to keep it boutique and like family. So how does someone find these retreats? You can go to simplybemagic.com. They are happening in March in Bali. Italy is in May. Costa Rica is in November. They are um, five-day experiences. I partnered up with a master life coach. She's actually a spiritual life coach. So you get one full day with her, one full day with me, one full day with both of us. And we've built in cultural immersions, surfing, you know, going to the water temple in Bali, doing wine tours in Italy, going to the jungle and seeing the, the monkeys and the animals in the, in the jungle in Costa Rica. And all food, organic included, themed dinner parties at night. It's going to be really magical. That's why we're calling them Magic Masterminds. I put Bali on my vision board for this year, so well, it feels like we're going to have to we talk, should talk afterwards. Yeah, we should definitely <laughs> talk. So this, this room is filled with a lot of women, so I'm wondering what's one to two pieces of advice that you would give to women who want to find their voice yeah. or start anew? So, you know, I always say that you can't be all things to all people or or you'll end up being nothing to no one. Know that when people go to the internet or social media or their phones, they don't go to see how cool you are 
or skinny you are or what you ate for breakfast. They come to help themselves. They come to better their lives, to be educated and inspired, to get information to help their families or their business, whatever. So knowing that when you create content, don't just add to the noise, provide something of value, always be in the value mindset so that that's how you really grow audience and that's how you grow affinity when people really feel like you've got something for them and that you're not just all about yourself. And then back to the nothing, everything to everyone and nothing to no one, having a, a relatively clear topics, right? So if you're talking about how much you love your cat one day and the next day you're talking about where you're traveling to next and the next day you're posting a recipe and the next day you're bitching about your boss and the next day you're talking about should I move to another neighborhood, like I don't know who you are and I don't know why I should follow you and I don't know what you have to offer. So really thinking about the core pillars of your life, the things that you really are passionate about that you could talk about every single day and create what I call content buckets and just try and stay consistent. So the way you grow an audience online is consistency, clarity, and constancy. That's how you compound, I call it the three C's. If you really want to grow an engaged following, you gotta be consistent, pick your platforms, you gotta be constant, be there all the time, and be clear in your message. You can't talk about just one thing, because then you're gonna be boring, but if you talk about 20 things, you're confusing. So coming up with the, the things that, you really, that really move you, that you love, know, and do really well, and just be known for that. So that's, from a personal branding standpoint, what I always sort of recommend from a high level. Perfect. Mm -hmm. From the audience, we're gonna open it up for questions. You'll actually come up to the microphone today and ask your question. So would anyone like to ask a question of Jen? Hannah, I knew you would. Get up here. <clears throat> uh, so first off, I actually used to love Cheeky. Yeah. Um, get the free Prosecco at Hub 51. Oh my God, yes, the Cheeky <laughs> card. <laughs> yeah. I used to love it. Um, very obsessed, now I'm obsessed with the snow instead. Good, my it's good. Um, but you did kind of touch on that Cheeky became a little bit toxic, and uh, yeah. are there some lessons learned at Cheeky that sometimes now in your new company, an event will happen, and you're like, oh my God, because of X, I know to do Y. Yes, absolutely. Great question. So like, what didn't I learn at Cheeky that I apply today? <laughs> it, was, it was my first business. I was 26. I ran it for seven years. I mean, that's a long time. I learned a lot. Cheeky was my first experience in managing people. So the culture got toxic, right? And I was like 28 maybe at the time when we first started hiring real people. And these were like 21 and 22, 23, 24, 24. Six-year-old girls, so they were my—they were not that much younger than me. They were—we were peers in a way, and I wanted them to like me so much. I wanted to be friends. I wanted to hang out. I wanted them to like think I was the coolest boss. And you can't—you can't be liked first. You have to be respected first. And I was so afraid of making them mad at me, right? So that when I when I was when I had to reprimand them, I. It was awkward, like they resented me because they were like, you're my friend, we were just talking about boys an hour ago and now you wanna tell me you're, I sent that, that email out wrong? Like that was, it was a, a line I just did not know how to walk. And with this team, I have a team that respects me first and I respect them and they like me as much as they respect me. And that's a balance I, I will say, I've, I think I'm, I strike pretty well now. I have a no asshole policy. One of my core values is to be kind. Um, we didn't even have core values at Cheeky. We didn't even have core values. We had a philosophy, like to be cheeky is to be fabulous and to be nice to each other, but we were nice to everyone else but each other internally. At least that's how it felt. You know, when you're running a business as a founder, you're not at your desk a lot, 
right? So your team, there's an expression, when the cat's away, the mice will play. And that was very true for me at Cheeky. And I got burned really bad by that. And I know that when I'm away from my desk at this business, my team is working. And they're having fun, but they're not gossiping, you know, messing around on Facebook and Pinterest all day. Like, they're getting their work done. And that's a precedent that I set from the beginning. So that's just an example of, it really is about team. And as a leader, everything starts with you. And it's a note that I set completely differently at Simply Be. I, I would love to know now, since you still own your own business, and it, it probably does still feel like a lot of you is in the business, mm -hmm. what do you do now to separate and to create boundaries for yourself and mm -hmm. to you know, feel good just on your own terms? Yeah. Well, I definitely meditate. I work out a few days a week so just it's a non-negotiable like I carve out time in the mornings usually before work to, to go to the gym or to go to a studio I go to Pure Bar Bucktown shout out it's right across the street from my house so good and so there's that right and and I mean I work 24 7 like I I don't like to turn it off I love to work it's part of who I am however I will say that I brought on a, a Tamara Edwards this, this year one of my teammates and she helps me with my she came in within two two days she was like you're doing all of these things and spending all of your time on things you don't need to do. This is not CEO level. This is like staff level. And this is like, she started policing my schedule um, and helping me really uh, prioritize what's really worth my time and what, where you're going to get the best of me and how I should be expending the most energy and the least. And I think, again, just going back to team, like having people who can really see things you can't and push you to be your best, keep you in line is really helpful so you know and I, when I ran Cheeky I was single and you know I was like out all the time now I'm married I have a dog two dogs actually and I love to be home and so I've just put boundaries innately around my life so I have more balance but you're still going to work all the time so having having people who can you know put that boundary around you you know to help you do that is, has been really instrumental. <laughs> okay for the listeners I really would love for you to tell um, everyone here about, we, you know, we, it's this culture, I think, what makes, I think all of us who have work experience, it's really the culture that you create that creates productivity and trust in those working relationships. Can you talk a little bit about our Monday meetings? Yes. Yeah. And because that's why I show up on Monday. <laughs> yeah, sure. I just think it's, I just think it's so important um, for any, any person, entrepreneurs, business owners, um, just something to think about. I'm, I've just always been so about this, and you actually put it into, like, an agenda. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay, cool. So every Monday morning, we hold a 90-minute meeting. It's all about what's on de deck for the week. It's a very intense meeting. It's the one, one time a week we all get together as a team to, to do work and to set the tasks for the week. It's very task-oriented. And at the very end of the meeting, I have four core values that I set in my business. Simply be bold. Simply be relevant. Simply be true. And simply be kind. And we just implemented simply be in service, but all the same. To be bold means to step and think outside of your comfort zone. I think we need more bold women in the world, like in general, let's celebrate our boldness, like beyond. To be relevant, like we want to know what's always going on in our industry. We take classes, we read blogs, we keep up, we follow the right influencers. We're like, we're going to be the experts. We have, to, we have to be the experts. To be true is to be authentic, to be yourself always, make no apologies, and to be kind is obviously to be kind. So at the end of every meeting we do a core values roundtable where I have every one of my staff go around and acknowledge in the other team members where they witnessed that particular person demonstrating a core value from the week before. And I told this to one of my very cynical colleagues and he was like, so basically you just go around the table and you compliment each other? And I was like, hell yeah. 
It's exactly what we do. And it's, it's the best moment of our week. And it creates such an, an acknowledgement of each other's strengths, like not even having anything to do with me, to watch my team build each other up like that from a really emotional and personal level makes the work more joyful, I think, and our team more harmonious. And I, I will always do that. I really believe in that exercise. It's like everyone's favorite part of the week, including mine. So thanks for bringing that up. Hi. Hi, Marissa. Hi, Marissa. Um, what is your best advice as a woman? Um, when I'm in marketing and sales environments a lot, it comes down to the guys getting the business done mm. because they are behaving a certain way or staying out late or doing things that I just frankly don't want to do. So what's your advice in, in how you network and how you build your business and, yeah. you know, as a woman? It's a great question. So I would read the book, everyone should write this down, Secrets of Six-Figure Women. Seven, I think it's Seven Secrets of Six-Figure Women. And there's a whole chapter on that exact question about how you know, how do you build wealth as a woman in general, but when the odds are sort of stacked against you as, as in environments with men who play and party and do business in a very different way than women do. And I think at one point in the book, she interviews all these women and she was just like, I just outwork everyone. I just come to the table more prepared, you know, with a better attitude, pull sometimes longer hours if I have to, 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 to do it. You know, my solution, my personal solution, like what I have done is really elect to work more more often with women. I've hired an exclusively women team, not on purpose, just women apply for my job, my company, right? So I surround myself with women internally. I have clients that are, I have a lot of clients, like 50-50. I, I think I work with the right men, but I really enjoy working with my, my female clients. I have female mentors. I have female colleagues. I, I surround myself with other female entrepreneurs. I think having the moral support is a huge, huge part of that. I wrote a blog about this too. Like if you, you know, we walk that fine line. You know, if a man is assertive in, in a business situation, he's a great leader. But if we're assertive, we're a bitch. And to, to that, I just sort of say, fuck it. Like think what you want. I'm gonna make my own money. I'm gonna make my own rules. I'm gonna create my own team. And, and I, don't, I don't necessarily subscribe to that or let myself get caught up because there's no way around it. But we are in a different paradigm as we can all plainly see what's happening with the shift in women in general. It's a really exciting time to be a woman. And I would look at it with the glass half full that, you know, you've got everything in the world that you need. You're way more powerful than you probably realize and especially men realize. But the difference is you don't need them to realize it. You just do you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's end with those chills. <laughs> Jessica, thank you You're so welcome. much for joining us here on this live podcast. This we so got fun. gold. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you guys. This podcast is produced by me, Cindy Kuzma, and it's another thing that's better with friends. So please share it with yours. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, while you're at it, pretty please leave us a rating or a review. Special thanks to Jay Mono for our theme music, to our guest this week, Jessica Zweig, and to Tech Nexus for the recording studio. Also, to our studio audience at the Sweat Working Week live podcast Lunch and Learns. <laughs>